What's up, everyone? You are listening to Serving Tea, a podcast where we talk about all things tennis and more. We are your hosts, me, Jackie Fitz, and to the left of the chair, we have... Zaina Zaki. It is time for tea, everyone. Let's get into it. Thanks, everyone, so much for tuning in today. Good morning, Serving Tears. You don't how you how you doing today? It's I am doing well. I have been. I need up to adjust my mic oh, much better. <laughs> I have been up for hours. What time did you get up this morning? I got up at six thirty just to make some edits adjustments to mm. today's episode. Today's episode. I was up on. This is. I was up at six twenty nine today. <laughs> You know, I can't stand when people do that. Oh, I ran five miles. Today. Oh, oh my god, I actually ran six this morning. Like, what's the competition? Why do Why people are we doing that? see? Do people feel weird when they do stuff like that? Because to me, if somebody's like, oh, "I woke up this morning, yeah, I ran five miles," I'm actually going to be like, "Yeah, that's so sick." Mm-hmm. If I did run six, let them have that. Yeah, I wouldn't even say I ran six. Exactly. I'd be like, I would just <laughs> lie and be like, "Yo, I slept in." <laughs> let them have their moment. Like. Everybody deserves, I mean, everybody is their own main character. I say this all the time, right? It's like, I see all these, I hate how much I've been referencing TikTok, but I swear to God, it has been taking over my life recently. But, you know, everybody in New York City has this main character complex. Okay, if you take a step back, everyone should be their own main character in their own story, right? We're Mm -hmm. all the directors, writers, producers of our life. Mm -hmm. We are, for sure. And if you're not the main character, girl, you're doing it wrong. I know. Wait, that's, tell me how you're, wait. What are you going to say? No, no, go, go, go. Um, I was going to say, everyone has to be the, just echoing what you're saying. Everyone mm-hmm. has to be their own main character. Exactly. Because then Story. you're not doing it right. Mm-mm. How was your weekend? Weekend was good. I feel like, gosh, I slept all week. I did not run five miles. <laughs> I t- basically took a two-week break from working out. My body just needed it. Um, yeah, just been chilling. Yeah. Slept for 14 hours. <laughs> Saturday, this girl can sleep. I can sleep. Um, yeah, I just, my, I really needed it. I've been working really hard. I mean, mm-hmm. Hey, I always do. Come on now. But you know, I just needed a break. I just needed to chill. I've been so proud of myself recently. I've been so into reading. I used to never read a single book. And anytime someone was like, oh, when was, what's your favorite book? I'm like, one I read in eighth grade. Yeah. But now I've reading. read four books this month. This girl literally like three hundred page books. No, they're Gold, massive. Yeah. The one book, the How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, mm-hmm. that probably took me like a week and a half. Fitz literally read it in two days. Two days. Yes. She's like, oh yeah, I'm on page like four hundred. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You started reading it twenty minutes ago. It's like you started. Oh, I'm on page thirty. Well, I'm on page thirty one. <laughs> We've actually been doing that a lot recently. It's so funny. I know, as jokes and stuff. Yeah. Is it a joke? I'm not taking it as a joke. You know, everything has meaning behind it. <laughs> like, you know when you're, like, joking around with your friends and then something sounds, like, a little too personal and you're like... Oh, my God. Like, when... Oh, gosh. I was one TikTok and all the comments were like, that sounded personal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Friends just going back and forth and stuff. It's like, whoa. Dude. Take a step back. Yeah. No, but honestly, I'm jealous that you stayed in because... Mm-hmm. there's. N- I'm telling you what sleeping in and just just staying in on a weekend and waking up feeling good is so underrated especially as you get older I feel like you always have to oh I feel like as you get older you kind of have to and you're living in a city like oh I have to do something on Saturday night I have to do something Friday night no you don't you can stay inside save some money 
work on your health, get some sleep, especially mm. now. I feel like everyone's freaking sick. Dude. Everyone's sick right now. It's, Everyone. it's crazy. Everyone. So I'm so just took this weekend to relax, get recharged. Didn't run five miles. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a recharge weekend. Yeah, it's it awesome. 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 But enough about me. Mm. So yeah, this weekend was <laughs> This weekend was weird, but like, you know. It's always a weird weekend. <laughs> no, but Friday night, Friday night, okay, we did go to dinner at 19 Cleveland. Mm. Hi, A all. Hey <laughs> all, this is for you. Habibi. No, so um that restaurant is the oh god, the food, honestly, every single time I eat there, it gets better. Mm. Every time. Every time. That's the only restaurant I eat at, right? I mean, mm. we eat at. But so we did dinner there. Mamo, is it? Oh, I get so confused. Mamo, 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 Mamo. Mm-hmm. very good in Soho too. Ooh. And then Dante, we have been trying to get a reservation at this place forever. It's very different from Florida. You have, kind of have to make a reservation here two weeks in advance. Plus, like people wake up Sunday morning at nine a.m., go on to Resi or Open Table and book things two two weeks in advance because it's so it's competitive. So we went to Dante in twenty nineteen. It got rated the world's world's best bar the world world's guys. best bar so we went to dante and all we had were like one drink each and then you caught this like potato appetizer it was and then like this a side of potatoes side of potatoes and a cauliflower appetizer i was like how is this gonna make us full it was one of the best meals i think i've had the sauce the it's sauce. under the sauce it's, <laughs> it's under the sauce another tiktok reference it's yeah. under the sauce it's from chicago um, yo, yeah, but the sauce with these potato potatoes, mm. that's how you say it in Arabic, the sauce with those potatoes, holy hell. I mean, like, if I could, I also saw this TikTok, my God, I need another form of social media. Do you think there will be another TikTok app uh, that comes about uh, in, like, a year or so? So, like, Triller? Right. That was the original. Oh, that was the original? It was the original TikTok. And then TikTok, everyone who was really big on Triller, I think this is how it okay. was, then went on to TikTok and made it big. But you know how there's just, when Instagram was happening, TikTok wasn't even a thing. And then TikTok has taken over from Instagram and everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what kind of app that's going to be. Yeah. Because TikTok, you know, is strictly video. Everyone now is like, oh, it's so embarrassing to post photos on Instagram. I've heard that just a few mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, no, TikTok's kind of like taking over the world. But I wonder what kind of, what form of social media is going to be, be next. Yeah, no, that's that's a good question. I See, I feel like with people's attention spans these days, mine included, things like TikTok, where my For You page is curated just for me, and then I can scroll through like five-second videos and either laugh or get information that I need. So one of the, what I was trying to say, the TikTok with the sauce, it was like, is food at restaurants really good or is it the dipping sauce? And you know what I mean? Like, I think, because when I dip something in sauce, mm-hmm. obviously food is good. Yeah. But, like, the potatoes, for example, at Dante, like, the sauce, to me, made that dish. Because, oh, like, yeah. at the end of the day, okay, you just made, like, baked potatoes, but the freaking sauce. I also think it's the, it's the amount of salt Ooh, that they I put love salt. in. I know, love salt. Mm. Mm. Wait, okay, so, all right, so we did 19 Cleveland. I actually did, I shouldn't have gone out on saturday but i did go to santa con i was a reindeer really liked the outfit started drinking at like 11 
and we took like a brief break around 2.30, went out to dinner. <laughs> uh, the night part was just a, a hilarious joke, but like um, went out to dinner and like at Copperstone, which is really good. Mm -hmm. And then went to Red Lion, which was fun. And then woke up Sunday feeling a little <clears throat> congested. And it's so funny because I see all these TikToks right now. It's like, are, if you're seeing this, you have COVID. <laughs> like you have COVID. Everybody yeah. that went to SantaCon has COVID right now. So Stay I safe, stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Christmas is coming, girl. What Christmas are you doing? Is coming. Going down. You're leaving. Going down to Florida for a couple weeks. Going mm -hmm. home. Shouldn't be nice. It's 80 degrees there right now. I cannot wait. Got to work on my golf game. Can't wait. I'm really just getting older. Aren't I? <laughs> You're like, can't wait to get on the course. Get a cup of get a I beer. Just, oh my god, I cannot wait. I, or tequila. Um, tequila on the golf course. Is that reckless? I probably. I don't know, but I just can't wait to be in the heat, be with the fam, go golfing. It's, it's going to be a great time. Might go to a lightning game. Ooh. Still have not made it to a professional hockey game. You haven't been to a hockey game, and I've never been to an NBA game. Have and I also, an no. We have to go to an NBA game. That I want to go so badly. Madison Square Garden is it's like two minutes two minutes walking distance from our house we yeah. have to go yeah no we need to go that needs we need uh new year's oh, it's not really a new year's resolution i was literally but it's a goal a new a new year's goal facts mm -hmm. but go to a game yes yeah yeah so I'm, I'm so excited so this saturday actually maggie and foley shout out i love you guys so it's their engagement party so we have that on saturday and then i'm gonna go home for a little bit and then zico just surprise like literally five minutes before mm -hmm. this so we are staying in montauk for all of christmas and like into the new year so i mean that's it's like a family it's vacation family. it's gonna be so fun i had never even i had no idea what montauk was at all when i lived in florida i was like where is that is that in the u.s yeah seriously it sounds was, like it wouldn't be yeah but it's in yeah so it's, it's gonna be excited for you guys you oh my room. gosh i'm so good excited fam time. i know it's gonna be good fam time i hope our friends don't hate me um because we were supposed to go to epcot but now that my family yeah. is going on vacation i'm fam first fam. It's family time you know um keeps fa keeps family close fam close enemies close should we get into tennis <laughs> i think so. honestly let's I'll not know yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding no no so today's episode 11 wait actually before we do that yeah. it's episode 11 yeah, right is, yeah you're right it is, is it? yeah uh, oh. shit hold on i think it's 11. no it is it is 11 it is 11 yeah, I because promise. we celebrated episode 10 oh yeah <laughs> so so we kind of so jackie fits me has i always just have a sweet tooth if you've lived with me before if you're my close friend you know mm -hmm. i just love my sweets love froyo ordered it three times a week in uh, not high school in college freshman year which contributed to you know freshman 20 <laughs> 20 30 we'll leave that at that everyone needs to have their moment it's okay well i gained 45 no <laughs> i gained 50 so anyways i love sweets and we were just like you know we wanted to treat ourselves treat ourselves to some sweets and we ordered milk bar on monday night and we ordered so i am gluten-free and milk bar has some great desserts and they had a full-on birthday cake for like 70 bucks gluten-free and i was like we gotta get this 
$94 later, we bought the, a cake we, for the two of us. We, a full-on birthday cake just for the two of us, and we've been eating it since Monday out of the fridge. Material girl. <laughs> Material girl. <laughs> so we've been eating the milk bar cake mm. since Monday. And, and yeah, these truffles, been, unbelievable. Oh, my God. And I like, wish I could have the truffles, but you know what? I think I've probably eaten 75% of the cake. It's so but good. You know, it's, and it's just, I feel so bad after eating. I'm like, oh, and then I just go back for more. So, And it's also it's gluten-free. You don't feel it the next day. Whatever. No, it's so funny. Um, last thing I'll say before we get in, Maggie responded to my snap story when I put like literally the massive bag and the cake and the truffles. She was like, oh my God, like who's your secret Santa? Or so, or so. So what guy gave you this? What guy did that for no you? One. Literally no one. No one. <laughs> okay, so episode 11. Yes, let's get into it. So first things first, we did post a little bit of a teaser um, on our Instagram about Bernard Tomic and Nicholas Kyrgios, right? Yep. So do they have beef? Who knows? Both of these players have been wrapped up in scandals in their romantic lives. And I put scandals in air quotes. It's nothing that's going to get them to lose their careers by any means. Just some love drama. Like it's like it's not sexual assault, right? Like it's just some love drama. So the New York Post, and also I'm reading off of my phone. Um, the New York Post released two articles, one about Nick, one about Bernard. And let's start with Nick, our beloved Nicholas. Nick gorgeous six four Aussie. I love we dedicate him. a whole episode to you. It did very well, by the way. It did. It did very well. It did. So 93 in the world. Apparently, he love bombs. Have you do you know what love bombing is? I have no idea what that means. Okay. So I didn't know it either. Um, and it happened. No way. <laughs> I'm loving this episode. So it happens when someone overwhelms you with loving words, actions, and behavior as a manipulation tactic. So for example, ladies, if you what? think you're being loved bomb, here are some cues to look out for. They lavish you with gifts. They can't stop complimenting you. They bombard like you on a phone calls. This sounds like the perfect guy to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's literally like bombard you with phone calls, give you undivided attention, convince you that you're soulmates. I'm like, that sounds like a solid relationship. Yeah, like sign me up. Literally, sign me up for that. But anyway, apparently that can be seen as manipulation. People will see, regardless, I'm sure love bombing exists. But mm. I mean, like, I feel like I would... Like that. I mean, maybe it's saying that Not if they keep, that. how do I say this? If they keep making mistakes and they try to make it up to you by buying or buying you gifts, maybe like distracting you. Mm, I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, but yeah, like if I meet somebody and they're like, you know, infatuated by me. Good communication skills, always attentive, listens to you. Like he's manipulating. No, he's not. He just probably actually likes you. Exactly. And like, you know, words of affirmation, one of my love languages. So like, this might be a bad thing for me, but if you're dating me <laughs> and you are, yeah, yeah, regardless. So Chiara Pasari, I hope I'm saying that right. Accused Curios of love bombing, not for attention, but for awareness. And they began dating July 2020, split after an argument in October, which led to a police visit at their hotel in Adelaide. Oh my God, that's horrible. So like, why the hell did this lead to a police visit, you ask? Well, Pasari accused Kyrgios of cheating in a post on Instagram. 
So she reportedly shared a photo that appeared to show him in bed with a naked girl. And Curious at the time has reported the cheating claims. Yikes. I mean, I guess I understand why it would lead to a and police visit. this is visit. on the New York Post? This is on the New York Post. So anyway, that's Nick Heroes. That's his love scandal. Onwards, Bernard. I, I, oh yeah. I also want him to have. I th- hopefully he's playing the Australian Open. I want this. I would just love to see Nick be so focused for this year and just do so, just do so well because he's so talented. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I've I've seen him play at the U.S. Open against Federer and people who were sitting behind me. There's one guy. He's, he was saying, "Nick, try." They do something. And he was just kind of tanking. But, I mean, I don't know. I would like to see him. I'd like to see him go far. But tough. That's tough about his relationship. Yeah. Hope they're both doing well. Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nick's, like, already dating somebody else. But um, Bernard Tomek, six foot five. I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> Six five one. Th- <laughs> six five. One. Also, born in April. He's a Taurus. Hey, we're compatible. That's the case. Really? Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm compatible. Yeah, girl. That's why we're best friends. Virgos are compatible with Capricorn, Scorpio, Cancer, Taurus, which all of my best friends fall in wow. there. Wow. You, Jill is a Scorpio, and um, Munch is a Cancer. 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 Okay, onwards. Bernard Tomek, 6'5", also Australian, um, ranked 259 right now wrapped up in a relationship scandal as well and we talk a lot about headlines here so this was also new york post so this is the title of it bernard tomek's only fans cameo with vanessa sierra was biggest regret of his life relax okay calm down but vanessa his ex um has an only fans as well as an instagram she has like four hundred fifty thousand followers good for her um but there was a photo on her Insta where Tomek is biting her ass as she's flying, as she's lying flat on the ground oh, on her stomach. I know. Oh, so he's. I don't want to hear that. Okay. And then in the caption of the uh, Instagram post. What it goes, is up with these tennis players? That's what I'm saying. In the caption of the post, it's on her Instagram. Oops, I convinced Tom to do something bad. Go to my website or go to my website to see the vid. Sorry, mom. So I'm assuming. Sorry, my nose is like dripping. Um, I'm assuming that this is where like the biggest regret is. So like probably yeah. on our OnlyFans, there's a video. I've never seen it, but it's funny because Just I don't do it. Yeah, like as a tennis player, again we talk about like how classy the sport really is, and that's why Nick can be controversial, right? Because mm-hmm. you know he like I don't know, I don't know. That's why Nick. We talked about it already. How he can be kind of controversial because I think it is such a classy sport, yeah. like a country club sport, tennis, golf. Like mm-hmm. you don't see that much controversy there yeah and i feel like that's why i don't know fetter is one of a kind exactly nadal one of a kind and then you see you hear like even just hearing these biting his butt her bite oh god no i don't want to hear that it's like gross yeah no exactly i mean they're kind of like the bad boys of tennis it's just i don't know yeah yeah i agree um but it's funny because i haven't really heard news about tomek until renee sent me this article Mm. um but as a refresher he was known for his rise to the quarterfinals at wimbledon as an 18 year old in 2011 that's insane by the way 18 years old making you said quarterfinals yeah quarterfinals to wimbledon that's that's insane exactly i was still in i was still in high school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then um 
his career went downhill afterwards because he was included in a lot of controversies and arrest, multiple police fines. Like, oh my gosh. Hey, yo. Yeah. Relax. But anyway, but, um, okay. So that's their scandals. Let me get to if they have beef, right? So it's just funny that the, when Renee sent this article about Tomek, mm-hmm. am I saying that right? Tomek. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like two days ago. We went to, we went to Tomek's Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're like, what's going on? And on his story, he was throwing shade at Curio. So I just think it's funny that both of these articles from the New York Post talking about both of these players. And then we go to Tomek's profile on Instagram and he is throwing shade at Curios. We literally like, wait, what is going on? And both players aren't really in a fight right now. Definitely, I think it's a little bit of clickbait, but what's mm-hmm. going on? Both players, with respect, are saying that they are the better tennis player. So Tomek beat Kyrgios and Kuyong in an exhibition match, but Kyrgios has beaten the big three. Nadal, Federer, Djokovic has more titles than Tomek. You know, like maybe Tomek is trying to create some beef before he comes back to tour because he is planning on playing in the Australian Open in the qualifiers because he's ranked 259. He wouldn't qualify for Australian Open regardless. Um, So I don't know. I think maybe he's just trying to get his name back out there. Like, hey, I'm coming back. But who knows? I mean, Australian Open's next month, crazy. So best of luck to both of them. We'll see how how it plays out. Mm -hmm. But okay. All right, so that was funny. That was the funny part of the episode. Now (laughs) let's get into post-Division One life. So life after sport. And Fitz, you actually brought this up. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this with one of my friends last week and just the transition of Division One or D2, D3 athletes after college, whether you played one year or all four years, sometimes I don't understand how we were able to play four years of Division One tennis. I mean, the season, that's the thing about tennis, that it is, it's quote-unquote a spring spring competition sport, mm-hmm. or a spring sport, but you still have the fall season, and you play from September till around end of October, November, and then you still have to train in December and January, and then once you get back, you the season starts from January and kind of goes till the end of April. And then you also have to play ITAs over the summer. So it is year round and year round. Yeah. So it's crazy. If you're able to do play all four years in whatever sport, round of applause, pat yourself on the back, because I swear if you can do that and manage your time and still do well in school, it's that is such an accomplishment, such an accomplishment. Seriously. Like I read a few articles about this and honestly, I really feel like deep down we've always known this. So like Mm -hmm. the main message and maybe, so maybe I didn't feel it to the extent that other division one athletes have felt it or professional athletes have felt it or other D3, D2 athletes. But the question really becomes when you leave your sport, it's like, who am I? Who are you? Right. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. I started playing tennis when I was nine and I've been playing it now for 16 years in college. You're identified as a tennis player. And my goal when I was 14, 15 years old was I was like, I want to get a full division one scholarship and play in the lineup and play, you know, all four years. That is a goal that I've been working for, for gosh, like 10 years from when I started, I accomplished that goal by the end of my senior year. And it's like, now what? Yep. I'm not going to play pro. So what now? I have to find a new passion. I have to find an industry to work in something that I have no experience in 
what happens if I'm not, if I'm not going to like it? What kind of role am I looking for? What am I going to be good at? It, you really are starting from, I don't know, like from zero kind yeah. of, because if you're not going, if you're not going to continue in sports or if you're not going to continue to play your sport, you really have to start fresh. And sometimes also it's difficult for you to find time over the summer to get an internship because you also have to balance that with training. And, you know, you don't want to be taking, at least for me, I didn't want to be taking days off during an internship or anything. And especially if it was only a couple of days a week. Um, but and, and the pay too. So like internships, a lot of the time you wouldn't, they were, you weren't getting paid or yeah. just very little. And like you were saying too, over the summer, we were training because we wanted a spot in the lineup the next year. Mm-hmm. And I would just teach tennis because there was such, I mean, very, I'm very lucky. Like I worked at a country club, such good money in tennis, just teaching. So Mm -hmm. I was like, why would I do anything else? I'm living on the court. I have to train anyway. So yeah, a big concern for me when I was trying to get a job was like, I don't have intern experience. Mm -hmm. Like how, like the one thing that I was riding on was the fact that I did play four years of division one tennis and that does get you super far, but there are other tennis players that can balance the internship so I'm just like shoot how do I do that and like just to your to your point about how much this sport has consumed us like we've trained extensively for years our entire lives making personal sacrifices along the way and that just makes me think about middle school and high school just a lot of the personal experiences that I missed out on Mm -hmm. everybody hanging out over the weekends like I was always playing tennis always always and like it sucks when you think about just the relationships that you're not getting to build with your other classmates like my best friends were people that I played tennis with yeah same here exactly and like there's just no balance really because you are so driven to play division one right that was my goal that was your goal Mm -hmm. and there's no balance because it's like we get so focused on accomplishing that goal and we've worked on our entire lives our entire life I mean honestly yeah I picked up a tennis racket when I was six but I didn't start competing till I was like 13 Mm -hmm. but it's like that is my entire life and of course whether through injury or retirement you're not going to play anymore Mm -hmm. at at least at the same level so It's interesting and you kind of alluded to this too when we are when we were playing tennis and someone asked like in class right like a fun fact about yourself or to describe yourself I would always be like hi I'm Zaina Zaki and you're watching Disney Channel (laughs) and hi I'm Zaina Zaki and I play tennis I'm a tennis player right so even like your family buys into that persona of you as well. And like your coaches and everybody around you. It's like, yeah, that's Zaina. She's a tennis player. I know mm-hmm. my cousins like, oh, like, why isn't Zaina out tonight? Like a high school party or something. Yeah. Like, why isn't Zaina here? Why isn't Zaina here? Where's Zaina? Like, oh, playing tennis, playing tennis. Like, okay, that is who Zaina is, a tennis player. Right? And like, it just, the parents part of it too, Like, I don't think this is talked enough about because they equally get wrapped up in the sport also, Mm -hmm. at least for me. So again, personal experience, like my mom 
would always take me to my tournaments. And like, when you think about like both of your parents, like the money that they put into the sport. So expensive. So the rackets, the clothes, traveling. The string, stringing. Stringing. There was, God, that happened to me a couple months ago. And I was, went to a place to go get some more grips. And they're like, oh, we can do it for you for, I don't know, it was like $15. I'm like, you're going to charge $15 to grip a racket? Yeah, it's bold. I'm like, what? Exactly. It is such an expensive sport, and even shoes. And no, but the traveling, oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I'm so grateful. And even like the money to apply for the tournament to get in. Oh, yeah. It was like $150 to even just put your name down to get into the tournament. Then flights there, hotels, cars. And then, like, okay, for like hard courts in San Diego, Clays, which was in Memphis, Tennessee. It's like, we're going to fly all the way out there and you don't even know who you're going to play first round. What if you lose first round? Like Mm -hmm. that to me was the big, it was such like unnecessary pressure. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, your parents are going to be in your corner the entire time. Like, don't worry, just go out and play. But it's like, we just spent how much money and I'm going to lose first round. Like, yeah. Like, and I love, like, my mom, like, we're so such a competitive family. But, you know, like, I would get on the court, she's like, you better not lose, like, first round. Yeah. It's so true. And, like, even getting recruited, because when you think about, like, again, just talking from personal experience, it's, like, getting recruited my junior and senior year, that was so stressful for me of high school. Oh, my because gosh. Those are two biggest years. The two biggest years. And I wasn't playing my best. So yeah. it's, like you know, all of this pressure, my parents put so much money into this sport. Like, what if I actually can't get a full ride? Like, what Mm -hmm. if I can't get to where I'm supposed to go? My junior, senior year, where I'm supposed to be at the top of my game, I'm not playing well. And then like getting recruited, like I didn't get recruited till like November of my senior year where most people are committed before then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, it was just a very stressful time just because you put your entire life into it, right? Yeah. It's like, what if I miss it? What so if I don't you, get you it? You want to see the return. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is such an expensive sport. And also the time, too, that you're missing, you might have to miss a Monday if you make it to you know, a tournament. And if you miss a test, you have to like make it up. Or it's, you know, it's the, I just thinking about the amount of times that, I mean, even, gosh, there was always a one national tournament over Thanksgiving. And I think we spent probably eight Thanksgivings in a row in one place in Florida and we were never together yeah it was because of tennis exactly and there was always uh winter nationals too which happened over Christmas we would always fly out on Christmas Thanksgiving I mean there's a lot of sacrifices exactly but it's but it's paid off though and you know we both got very blessed got full rides to play four years division one tennis um but yeah I mean we're so lucky in that way and also for tennis uh, there's a lot of scholarships available for women's tennis in college. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not how it is for a lot of sports. But I always remember hearing that there were that there were always eight spots. Not eight spots per year because it depended on how many seniors were graduating. So if there were three seniors graduating, that means that, that there were three full scholarships available. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of gave you some sort of hope. Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, if it got to your year and you only had one, again, more pressure. But yes, mm-hmm. we got to where we were supposed to go. So that's great. Yeah. So now after college, what happens? Who are we? Right. So many athletes have a loss of their identity. It sounds like so dramatic, but it's so true. Like mm-hmm. an identity crisis. What? Like now I work in the corporate world. I don't play tennis anymore. 
actually yeah. who am I without this sport? There's t- there's thing called tunnel vision syndrome as well that some athletes go through where it's like athletes suffer from depression because they aren't sure where to apply all of that focus anymore. So it's like, mm. I think it's, this is where you start to see like obsessive habits. Yeah. And whether that be like eating disorders, unfortunately, over-exercising or even like totally disassociating from the sport like I for me when I graduated I was so burnt out oh my god same that I wanted nothing nothing to do with tennis I think I took a year off I I literally did and then I think I took six months off in the gym yeah just didn't do anything and when I and like so I take a year off right and then when I go to play again I couldn't play like I used to and that like pissed me off I was so upset about it and if you think about it like no other place in society really glorifies perfection like sports do like I you know I was able to play at the top of my like honestly I feel like I was at the top of my tennis career when I was in college so like even my senior year like the last couple matches I will remember my senior day match for my entire life I played so well right and we talk about how you mm-hmm. only have like a few matches that you can count on your hand where you left the court you're like that was perfect like I play I didn't miss anything I saw the ball it was this big my angles everything and like that match to me was like the top of my game mm-hmm. so it's like okay I take a year off and I go back and like all I think about is how I used to be able to play like mm-hmm. even in that match yeah and it when I couldn't do it it pushed me away from the sport even more because I'm like well I can't play like I used to. Like I can't I can't even touch a racket. And I really I really disassociated from it. Even working out and like the even eating habits, like adjusting to like how much I should be eating. Not like I, you need to be count no, I'm not trying to talk about like counting calories or anything like that. But we were working out so much that yeah. we really could eat whatever we wanted. We were working out about four hours a day. And even going back to what you're saying about how taking a year off and then getting back into it and not being as good. Imagine how the the pros feel where this is their job and they have to take eight, nine months off for an ACL injury and they have to try and get back into it and lose all those points in their rankings. Again, they're not starting from zero, but it's, you know, it's a, it's going to take a while for them to kind of get back into it. Exactly. Like, especially if they used to be ranked number one, like Andy Murray, my heart goes out for you. Like you were one in the world was he ever one, but four at least. Yeah. And it's like, then he's won grand slams, won the gold medal. Yeah. Then then, his knee blows out and then he's losing like first rounds of grand slams. Like that would kill me. Yeah. That would kill me. Oh my God. I think, did he lose? I think he might've lost first round at the U S open. Was it against CC boss? It might've been first or second round. And I remember everyone's like, Oh, he's so angry. I'm like, I would be angry too. If you lost first or second round at a grand slam that you've won. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it was first, first round. And that's where the bathroom. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I would clearly be mad if I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. No, exactly. So it's like, you know, I pick up a racket. I'm not as good as I used to be. And I further push the sport away. I didn't want to work out. I, because I was so used to having a trainer. And mm-hmm. I don't like, honestly, that sounds so like <laughs> snobby. Like, I don't have a trainer. But like, I, my entire life, like, you know, even in juniors, I had a trainer, me and Lenny, we would always mm-hmm. go work out. We had a plan. We had somebody watching over us. Then you go to college. It's a small group. We have a trainer as well. It's like I would go realistically when I was living in Philly right after college. I lived there for two years. 
those were probably like the lowest years like of my life I would say mm-hmm. I was a I was coping with like not really working out I wasn't happy with my body I wasn't happy with how I completely stopped playing tennis but I yeah. kept pushing it away pushing it away pushing it away and like I talk about this all the time like when I was living in Philly not making the best decisions just I wasn't myself like I think living here I'm a completely different person I'm so happy with like the person that I am but like after college I mean it was hard Mm -hmm. it was hard and like even my parents both were like why aren't you playing as much like my mom was always on me like you should be playing you should be playing and I'm like no because in the back of my mind it was that perfection thing like I'm not as good as I used to be I don't want to play I mean it's so interesting though it's so true I remember your mom had said to you know keep up the sport that gave you your education mm-hmm. it's, it's so true it gave it tennis gave us our education and i think that's another thing too is that tennis is a lifelong sport there's a lot of other sports that don't have kind of like adult leagues after college mm-hmm. you can kind of think of really any sport i mean i know we've talked about gymnastics before in a couple of episodes i don't know i'm just thinking of random sports yeah. like swimming diving whatever yeah they tennis is such a social sport so i feel like even though we aren't as good as we were in college when again we have to forgive ourselves we were training four hours a day you know at least we do have experience in a sport that can we can play for the rest of our lives and I think that's why I'm almost finding so much joy in playing golf too where I mean I really want to find or play at that top golf over at Chelsea Piers but it's just it's again a social sport it's fun I think women should really start playing more golf too I feel there was, oh God, where did I see this? I think it's not like on LinkedIn or something where there was a whole group of women that went out on the golf course just for a social, a, a so corporate social thing. And because, you know, you think about, oh, how many deals are made on a golf course for men? Mm-hmm. So many. Imagine if women were able to start, you know, start playing golf and getting into that. Oh, yeah. Oh you, my God. You know? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like how as many, a woman. How many deals are made on a golf course, how many leads, whether you're a financial advisor or whatever, how many people do you meet on a golf course that that's a qualified lead? But you know, it's like how, how many people are going to meet on a golf course or on a tennis court where, you know, I think that those two sports are lifelong sports. So I think we do have that, you know, kind of privilege that we did start playing tennis at such a young age where even though we aren't as good as we are now, we can still pick up a rack and play. That's a good point. And like that actually leads me into this NCAA uh, stat. Mm-hmm. Um, 56% of former athletes are thriving after a sport. And I think it does depend a lot on the sport that you did play. Yeah. Right. Like tennis, we're so lucky. Right. Like I eventually got over that hump. We play on the West Side Highway all the time. There's courts across the street from us. I love it. I love getting mm-hmm. out there, hitting the ball, sweating. It feels so good. Um, but again, we're lucky that we have that sport that we can play into our eighties, honestly, nineties. But so like, what's sad is, okay, 56% of NCAA athletes are happy and thriving. That does mean that 44% aren't, which is sad. And I think it's just redefining what being an athlete like means for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I would never change my life, right? Change the life experiences that I had through tennis. Like it's taught me so much, right? The the grind, how to work hard, stay motivated, look within myself for answers, like how to trust myself. Like I would not change any of that. And like now we're playing just for fun. It's so nice. Like honestly, for me, leaving the sport, sure, I really detached from it for a while, but like just getting out there without 
the competition without all the pressure oh my gosh. it's so nice and I love also it. what I've realized is when does putting pressure on yourself ever work when does being hard on yourself ever help you Mm-mm. anytime that we're just hitting the ball up the middle and practicing with not even like playing points we're just swinging we're going cross court whatever we're playing so well now if we were to put our pre- put more pressure on ourselves that's why I almost feel like I feel like my serve has gotten better after college. I feel like my forehand has gotten better after college because I'm not thinking about it technically. And I remember when I was just starting to take some golf lessons, I was like, oh gosh, like how do I take it? I'm like, oh, here we go again, Jackie, being all technical <laughs> with a new sport. I'm like, oh my God, just swing. Yeah, like, exactly. And that's kind of like how it is in tennis. And I feel like you can kind of relate that to anything in life. When does being really hard on yourself ever help you? Right, and yeah, I, I agree. Your serve has gotten so much better. And again, oh, it's because just, you're it's overthinking. Mm-hmm. Like queen of overthinking and mm. being anxious and, oh, what is my technical? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. no, it, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is get in the freaking box. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't exactly. Ma- it doesn't matter your technique. Does, I mean, Andy Roddick almost had an abbreviated, you know, not backswing on his serve, but, you know, he like brought it up closer to his head at first rather than a full backswing. And do you think his coach is like, this is how you need to do it. Exactly yeah. like that. No, he just did what felt good. And he's like, well, that works for me. Yeah. And then just kept doing and doing and doing it. Yeah. It's like, there's no perfect technique. Exactly. Exactly. And like, just, yeah. Tennis with technique. It just, I feel like that just goes back to the quote, right? Like sports is the only area in society and life where perfection is expected. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it depends on the coach that you had, right? Like my coach was so technical and he wanted like the perfect strokes. And I mean, you see the pros and they do have perfect strokes. And I think a part of that is to prevent injury, right? Like you mm-hmm. do want yeah, like tennis to have elbow. your elbow up. Exactly. Like you don't want to be like holding, like my forehand <laughs> yeah. used to be so Western and I used to like come at it like this. I would have elbow yeah. problems, yeah. wrist problems. Oh, I mean, my forehand grip is so Western. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know how I don't have wrist problems, but I think my body's just, just gotten used to it. Yeah. So like, I get where you're coming from with the technical a- mm-hmm. aspect, but at the end of the day, as long as you're relaxed and just out there swinging, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, I'm in such a good place now with tennis yeah. too. And just like the, re- of who I am right and I think like a lot of that with this podcast too Mm -hmm. it's so nice being able to like talk about our experiences and I hope people enjoy listening to these experiences and hopefully you guys have similar ones or if you don't you can relate it in some way but this has just been an awesome outlet too because it was our whole lives oh yeah tennis was tennis has taken up over half of our life it's been like 15 years seriously so why not try and you know teach people a little bit about tennis encourage people to go out there on on the court and start something new and I know there's a quote it's you don't have to be good at something to start but in order to become good you have to at least start and I feel like it's totally okay you know it's like as you get older it's like oh I want to try something new oh but I'm gonna be so bad at it like who cares just have fun the best players the best players in the world started from somewhere i love that quote i love that quote thank you fitz this was an amazing episode it was an amazing episode happy holidays everyone thank you so much for tuning in merry christmas happy holidays happy new year happy new year 2022 yeah happy holidays thank you everyone for tuning in bye bye